Welcome to Nationwide Market Insights for January 4th, 2023. This is Brian Kirk. The quarterly Nationwide Market Insights for Q1 has just been released, featuring our commentary and insight into the economy and financial markets. In today's podcast, we are fortunate to have its author, Nationwide's Deputy Chief Economist, Brian Jordan who will walk us through the NMI, shining a spotlight on key pages and providing additional perspective. To view or download the quarterly report while you listen to the podcast, visit nationwidefinancial.com forward slash economics. Hello, Brian. How are you today? Good, Brian. Good to be with you. Let's begin this discussion with the financial markets. Even though there was a notable rally in Q4, Last year's decline in the financial markets was unusually large. You highlight this on page six in the NMI. What can you tell us about this decline? Does it tell us that a recession may be on the horizon? Sure, this is a chart that we've had in uh, prior editions of NMI, looking at how much the equity market, in this case, the S&P 500 in particular, has declined in advance of recessions. Now, there is a risk that we may be going into a recession sometime in the near to intermediate term future, and we'll get into that later on in in the deck. But here on page six, we see how much equities tend to decline leading up to these periods, leading up to downturns. The stock market is a leading indicator. It turns lower before recessions. We see that here on page six, but what we also see is that the decline this time around has been much more pronounced than we normally see in advance of economic contractions. So the S&P 500 peaked very early in 2022. From that point until the end of the year, it was down by close to 20%. More typically, the decline in advance of recessions is in the mid to high single digits. Long-term median decline is 6.6%. The long-term average decline prior to recessions has been 7.6%. And in fact, going back over the entire history of the S&P 500, back to the 1920s, we've never had a pre-recession decline as large as the decline we saw from early last year until the end of, of last year. Very similarly, if we turn to page seven in the deck, We're looking at this idea of an accelerated cycle, that the market is pricing in a recession much earlier than it normally prices it in, much deeper than than it normally, normally does, and much earlier than it normally does. So here we're looking at the lag on page seven between the peak in the S&P 500 within an expansion and the outset of, of, of an economic recession. And typically, we see the the market turn lower roughly eight months before an economic downturn. The long-term average is is about eight months. The long-term median is eight months. Well, again, the S&P peaked in early January of 2022. We're not in a recession now. It's been 12 months since the market peaked, and it still doesn't look like we're going into a recession, at least not in the immediate term future. So the market has priced in this downturn much earlier than is normal. And both these charts really get to the idea, again, of an accelerated cycle. The economy recovered more quickly in this expansion than it has in prior expansions, at least prior expansions in in recent decades. Inflation picked up more quickly 
than it has in prior expansions. The Fed tightened policy more quickly than it has in prior expansions, again, at least in in, in recent decades. It's been an accelerated cycle. We've seen that here in, in the equity market as well. We can turn from there to page eight and a look at what might be coming or to provide some context on what might be coming if indeed the economy does fall into an outright recession. What happens to equity prices in recessions? Well, if we look at the left-hand side of this page, the first chart on page eight, we see that the long-term track record has been mixed. In some cases, like in the early 1950s, the early 1960s, and 1980, we've had recessions where the stock market has actually not only moved higher, but moved higher at a double-digit rate. Then, of course, we've had other cases like the mid-1970s and the late 2000s where we've not only had declines, but we've had very deep declines during economic recessions. One trend is very clear, though, if we look at the right-hand side of the page here, that the market tends to fall early in recessions, tends to record its biggest declines in the hearts of recessions, in the middle of recessions, but then tends to record big increases coming out of recessions in the latter stages of recessions. The stock market is a leading indicator both going into downturns and coming out of them, so we tend to see big increases in the latter stages of these uh, these economic periods. Thank you, Brian. Now, on page 13 in the NMI, you highlight the impact that the Fed's changes in monetary policy has had on U.S. Treasuries. Tell us more about this and what the impact of that might be. So the Fed once again impacted the Treasury market in 2022, especially over the, 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 the second half of the year. We see the steep increases here on page 13 in both uh, shorter-term Treasury yields and longer-term Treasury yields. The Fed didn't raise rates as aggressively in the fourth quarter as it hiked in the third quarter. In the third quarter, the Fed pushed uh, the Fed funds target up by 150 basis points in the fourth quarter the increase was 125 basis points, but that was still enough to push uh, Treasury yields uh, across the curve higher. And what we see here on page 13 is that shorter-term Treasury yields in the fourth quarter moved above longer-term Treasury yields. The two-year Treasury yield ended the quarter above the 10-year Treasury yield. Moving on to um, page 14, we see what happens to, to yields in between tightening and easing cycles. The Fed said in December um, that it expects to continue raising rates in 2023, but that it doesn't expect to, to, to continue hiking rates across the year, that at some point, presumably in the first half of the year, the Fed expects this tightening cycle to come to an end. So we, we see here on page 14 what happens, what has happened historically, in between tightening cycles and easing cycles. And here we see that um, yields tend to fall. The Treasury market tends to rally in between tightening and easing cycles. One caveat, if we look at the right-hand side of the page here and focus in on that mid-2000s period, when the Fed went on hold for an extended period, ending a, a, a tightening cycle in, in June of 2006, beginning an easing cycle in September of 2007. The decline in yields, the rally wasn't so great at that time. And the Fed has said at least um, in recent months that it expects to be on hold for some time in this cycle as well. If that proves to be the case, perhaps we'll see a bit of a pullback in yields, but not a dramatic one. Yeah, thank you, Brian. I think one thing that our readers of this report will enjoy is the historical perspective that you provide 
in several pages here. And just as a reminder to our audience, you can view or download the report that we're discussing in this podcast by visiting nationwidefinancial.com forward slash economics. Now, the next few pages, starting with page 15, discuss how the spreads narrowed, uh, commodities rose, and the dollar, which rose last year, is starting to soften. Now we're going to flip the pages forward to the second half of the report, which focuses on the U.S. economy. The biggest story in 2022 was the Fed's aggressive tightening cycle. On page 25, there's a chart that clearly shows how aggressive this current tightening cycle has been. Now, Brian, if we compare these rate hikes that are happening now versus previous rate hikes, how does it stack up? It's a, it's a great point. On page 25, we show how this rate hike cycle has stacked up so far. We've used the word aggressive a lot over the course of the last year to describe this Fed rate hike cycle. Here, we're putting it into context and showing just how aggressive it has been to this point. Um, so here you see uh, changes in the Fed funds target um, by tightening cycle in terms of basis points per month, so how rapidly the Fed pushes its benchmark interest rate higher. And you can see that if the tightening cycle ended today or it ended with that last rate hike of 2022 in in mid-December, this would rank as the most aggressive, most rapid, complete Fed tightening cycle in modern history. Uh, So we've had periods in the past, short periods within some of these tightening cycles where the Fed has pushed up rates more aggressively than than it did over the course of, of 2022, early 1980, for example, when the Fed famously pushed its benchmark rate up to 20%. There was a, a 400 basis point increase over over the course of just a few months at, at that time. Very aggressive, but over the course of an entire cycle, um, if we look at the early 70s cycle, the late 70s, early 80s cycle, on through the late 2010 cycle, we have never seen a complete cycle, again, at least in modern history, as aggressive as the Fed rate hikes from March of last year to December of last year. So it was was an aggressive cycle. How aggressive was it? The most aggressive we've seen um, in at least 50 years. Moving from from page um, 25 to page 26, here we're looking at the transitions. Again, we're we're anticipating an eventual end of, of this tightening cycle in 2023. What happens in between? How long does it take the Fed to move from raising rates to lowering rates? And here on page 26, we see that typically it's it's lightning fast. The Fed generally moves quickly from, from tightening to easing, on average less than, than six months in the interim between rate hike cycles and rate cut cycles. The big exception over the last half century, again, that, that mid-2000s case, the Fed tightening up until June of 2006, going on hold then until September of 2007. The Fed commentary has has suggested that we could be in for another period like that after the Fed stops in 2023, but time will tell. Historically, more typically, it's been a quicker turnaround. We'll turn from there then to, to page 27 and look at Fed forecasts themselves so again, the Fed says it's going to to continue to raise rates in 2023. It says it's going to raise rates, at least the median 
FOMC member forecast calls for 75 basis points in rate hikes in 2023. But here on on page 27, we see that those forecasts have not always been so reliable, that the Fed hasn't been so prescient about its own tightening or its own easing in the year ahead. Just going back to last year, at the outset of 2022, as you can see from the bars on the right-hand side of, of this chart, the Fed anticipated lifting rates by 75 basis points in 2022, just as it anticipates 75 basis points this year. But of course, in the event, raised rates by 425 basis points, a much more aggressive tightening than it itself anticipated going into the year. If we go back to 2015 and 2016, very similarly, the Fed anticipated raising rates aggressively, somewhat aggressively, 100 basis points in each of those years at the outset, but in the event, only raised rates by 25 basis points in both 2015 and 2016. So the Fed is often well off the mark. So we should take these forecasts with a bit of a grain of salt. Right. Now, thank you, Brian. I, I know that you just shared how aggressive the Fed is being right now. And on page 28 in the report, it seems like it's starting to have the impact on inflation that the Fed is hoping for. Now, obviously, inflation is still elevated, but it looks like it's starting to recede. Is inflation where it should be? And does this mean that the Fed, the Fed's rate hikes may stop? So we can see pretty clearly on, on page 28 that inflation is not where it should be, certainly not where the Fed wants it to be. The Fed officially has a goal of 2% inflation. We are currently, as we record this, um, at a 7.1% in, in inflation rate. We don't have the December numbers yet. So we don't have the year number, year end numbers for, for 2022. But as of November, we were at 7.1%, still well above the Fed's target. But we also see that Fed rate hikes and other factors, the improvements in the supply chain, most notably, um, have pushed the inflation rate lower. And so we're moving in that direction. We're moving in the right direction. Fed tightening has had some impact. Other developments, more idiosyncratic, exogenous developments have had some impact and inflation is beginning to fall. So we hit 9.1% in the middle of last year in June of, of 2022. Um, between June and November, moved from 9.1% down to 7.1%. So the Fed is having some impact. Monetary policy acts with a lag, so we can expect those rate hikes from 2022 to continue to have, a, uh, have an impact in 2023. We can expect that some of these idiosyncratic drivers will continue to recede in, in 2023. So it's likely that we're going to see a further decline in, in the year ahead, and we've at least started to move down that path already. Looking at page 29, we see a similar trend here where commodity prices in particular have um, have begun to, uh, to soften. Um, here we're looking uh, specifically at the ISM manufacturing survey. Uh, the number of commodities each month reported by purchasing managers to be up in price versus those commodities reported by purchasing managers to be down in price. And you can see on this chart that early last year, we had a situation where purchasing managers told us that 56 different commodities were rising in price and no commodities, at least that month, 
were falling in price. And you can see the huge split through much of, of 2021 and 2022. Far more commodities reported to be rising. Very few commodities, some months one, or in some cases zero commodities, reported to be falling in price. Fast forward to the end of 2022, and you can see those darker bars on the chart are beginning to move above the lighter bars, and more commodities are now reported to be falling in price. We're beginning to see that, that balance shifting and commodity prices easing. And so again, early stage signs that um, supply chains are healing, that Fed policy is having an impact, and that we are at the beginning of a disinflationary trend. That's very encouraging news because I know one of the concerns our audience is probably focused on right now is the possibility of a recession. Now, what are some of the indicators and warning signs we should watch out for this year? So the big indicator we talk about and show on page 30, and this is a chart, this is our evergreen chart. We have this chart in the NMI deck every single quarter uh, because it's so important, because the yield curve is such an important driver of economic outcomes. It is such a great leading indicator, both for the market and for the real economy. And what we can see here on, on page 30 is that the curve has inverted or the key spread within the yield curve. The difference between the 10-year U.S. Treasury yield, the benchmark long-term interest rate, and the federal funds target, the benchmark short-term interest rate, that spread has inverted and in the fourth quarter turned negative as the Fed continued to tighten monetary policy. So if we look back historically, going back to the early 1970s on this chart, at prior periods in which the 10-year Fed fund spread turned negative, we can see that recessions followed in relatively short order, short-ish order, as we'll get to in just a moment, in most of these cases. Um, when we have a positive yield spread, the economy continues to grow. The economy remains in expansion. We generally have bull markets in risk assets. When the yield spread turns negative, as it is now, we generally have recessions eventually and oftentimes bear markets as well. The spread is turned negative. This is an, an ominous sign for, for the business cycle. We'll turn from there to page 31, and we see that the, when the yield spread turns negative, this key spread, 10 years to Fed funds, benchmark long-term interest rates versus benchmark short-term interest rates, when we have an inversion, we don't have a recession immediately. We have recessions eventually. We don't generally have them immediately. On an, both an average and a median basis, it's historically taken about uh, 16 months, a little over a year and a quarter between yield curve inversions, key spread inversions, 10 years to, to Fed funds, and outright economic recession. Sometimes a little bit longer, sometimes a little bit shorter, but rarely has it been imminent. And so it's it, it, a recession very well could be coming here, but it's not right on our, our, our doorstep at the moment. And if we take a look at page 32, we see another sign of this, or at least a sign that it's not coming um, immediately. A downturn is not coming immediately. Here we're looking at the six indicators most closely followed by the National Bureau of Economic Research, which is the official arbiter, the unofficial arbiter, we should say, of, of business cycle turning points. These are the indicators that this group watches most closely to tell it when we have a recession, when we have an expansion. And we can see how these, these indicators have performed here historically in the year prior 
to recessions versus how they performed in 2022. The blue bars here um, show the 2022 performance, average monthly changes. The darker bars show the historical average in the year prior to recessions. And we see here in most, in, for most of these indicators, in fact, five of the six, the performance in 2022 was better, in some cases much better, than it historically has been in pre-recessionary periods. The one outlier is personal income minus transfer payments. That was much weaker last year than is typical prior to recessions. But the other indicators, non-farm payroll employment, real con uh, personal consumption spending, real manufacturing and trades, trade sales, household survey employment, and industrial production, they were all better last year than they have been historically on average in the year prior to recessions, pre-recessionary periods. Another sign here that a recession may be coming now that the yield curve is inverted because of aggressive Fed tightening, because of uh, a, a rapid pickup in the inflation rate, but it's not coming very soon. It's not imminent. It could take some time. It could be several months before we're in an outright downturn. Okay. Thank you, Brian, for walking us through these key pages for the NMI for Q1 2023. I know a lot of work was put in to this report. In summary, what message do you think our readers will take away from this quarter's version of the NMI? I think there, there there are a couple of key points here. First, as as we just discussed, the, the risk of recession is high. The, a recession may not be coming imminently, but given Fed policy and given its impact on the yield curve, the risk is is high, and it's something we'll be watching in the quarters ahead. That being said, what we showed on the market side of the deck is that the market has already priced in a significantly negative economic outcome. The market has already declined much more than is typical. Equity market in particular here has declined much more than is typical in, in advance of recessions. It's declined much more in advance than is typical in advance of recessions. So we may very well be heading into a downturn in the quarters ahead, but a fair chunk of that has already been priced in to at least some risk asset markets. Well, thank you, Brian, for providing your perspective on the economy and financial markets today. And to our audience, you can view or download the full report that we just discussed by visiting nationwidefinancial.com forward slash economics. It's a great document to share with others as well. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to receive notifications when each new episode is released. Until next time, for Nationwide Market Insights, this is Brian Kirk. The information provided by Nationwide Economics is general in nature and not intended as investment or economic advice or a recommendation to buy or sell any security or adopt any investment strategy. Additionally, it does not take into account any specific investment objectives, tax, or financial condition or particular needs of any specific person. The economic and market forecasts reflect our opinion as of the date of this report and are subject to change without notice. These forecasts show a broad range of possible outcomes. Because they are subject to high levels of uncertainty, they will not reflect actual performance. We obtain certain information from sources deemed reliable, but we do not guarantee its accuracy, completeness, or fairness. Nationwide and the Nationwide N and Eagle are service marks of the Nationwide Mutual Insurance Company. Copyright 2023, Nationwide.